There's a chance for Mule and Burroughs. They score! And the Mules score! Scores! Three in a row for the Mules! Duke has to put it up at the buzzer! It's good! And the Mules win it! Coming to you from Allentown, Pennsylvania, welcome to the Mule and Mules podcast. Each episode, we'll talk to the coaches, staff, athletes, and alumni who make up the Muhlenberg Athletics family and are proud to call themselves Mules. And our guest on this first episode of the 2022-23 school year is Ryan Curtis. A 2020 graduate of Muhlenberg, Curtis was a three-time All-America tight end for the Mules and holds the Centennial Conference records for career receptions, yards, and touchdowns by a tight end. He's been an assistant coach for the nationally ranked Mules for the last two years, and this past spring, he took his talents overseas to play for the Lazio Ducks of the Italian Football League. Welcome to the Muhlenberg Mules podcast. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, so uh, very exciting time of the of the year for you. Um, we're recording this the day before the football team scheduled to report for the 2022 season, uh, and obviously after uh, after the summer and preparation, it's going to be nice to see uh, to get back in business. Yeah, it's nice to be back on campus, and I spent a couple of years here before, and uh, now coming back from Italy and being able to be back on staff, I'm very excited to get ready to work with these young kids. Uh, they're ready to work, and we're going out to Texas week one to play the reigning champions, so um, it's something that we never really back down from any opponents, so it's nice to really start off the season with a hot note. Yeah, and obviously coming off um, not just one, but a few great years for the Mules, uh, three straight tri- trips to the quarterfinals, and, and, and as you mentioned, uh, you know, going to play Mary Hart and Baylor, the uh, the defending national champions, and and that has to be something that um, uh, is very exciting for the team to kind of test yourself against the best that, that Division Three has to offer. Yeah, definitely, especially doing it week one. You know, going down to Texas and playing in an environment where football is so so big down there. So that environment's gonna be really really incredible to play at. Um, at the same time, we consider ourselves one of these perennial top teams in the country, and to be able to be one of those teams, you got to play those teams, and you got to beat those teams. So we played Mountain Union, we played North Central, we played a bunch of the good teams. We'd love to play uh, Mary Hart and Baylor and see what they're like. Yeah, so obviously that's a long trip to Texas, a lot longer trip than than Muhlenberg normally takes to, mm-hmm. to play football. Um, but you went on an even longer trip to, to play football this past spring, and, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, this spring you played in the Italian Football League, and that's the Italian-American Football League. There's <laughs> yes. also a, a soccer league called the Italian Football League uh, to play for the Lazio Ducks uh, this past spring. Um, and, and just uh, talk about uh, how that came to be and, and, and how you wound, wound up playing uh, football in Italy this past spring. Yeah, definitely. Um, so after my three years here at Muhlenberg, um, it was always in the back of my head to continue playing football. It's something I've been doing for about 15 years of my life. And I saw an opportunity to continue it. Um, obviously, I was training during my uh, spring senior semester when COVID hit, so I had to put everything on pause. Luckily enough, I was able to come on staff at Muhlenberg. It takes a couple of years coaching, and at the same time, continued uh, training. Um, I eventually just reached out to a couple coaches in Europe um, and got lucky, to be honest. One of them, one of them reached back out to me, said they need a last-minute spot. And I said, yeah, I'll head over and go play some football for you. Um, that's really how it came to be. I've always wanted to play football after college, um, and that's something I was very, very happy to have the opportunity and possibly even do it in the future more. Yeah, you know, so after you uh, finished up at Muhlenberg at, in the 2019 season, you went to some tryouts. Uh, you went to one in Indianapolis, and then, and then COVID hit, and that kind of derailed you. But um, there was an article on our website um, after that tryout, and you were quoted as saying, 
In an ideal world, I see myself on a football team. I don't know where, but I see myself on some team in some country and having a great time. So that country turned out to be Italy. It came to be Italy and it came to fruition. I always knew I was going to be able to play somewhere. Um, I knew I had the abilities. It just matter who wanted to take me and what opportunity was right. Now, the Muhlenberg football team had gone to Italy. Uh, was that, that was before your senior year? Yes, that was before my senior year, the summer going into my senior year. And, and did that have any uh, influence on you eventually winding up there? Yeah, um, yeah that, that definitely did. While we were over there, um, before even that trip, I had the idea of playing abroad. Um, and that's something that in the beginning stage, it was still in the beginning stages, but when we were over in Rome with the a football team, I was able to meet the Lazio Ducks general manager while I was over there. So even a whole year prior, I had a connection with being out in Italy um, that all stemmed through our Muhlenberg football program, being able to go abroad and uh, really take 100 people to a different country, which was really awesome as well. Right. And then, so you, you said it was just all kind of, uh, it just kind of happened that, that they had a last minute spot for you. Had you tried, had you, you said you'd reached out to other, what are some other countries? Yeah. Were they in all different countries? Um, so the other ones I was looking at was Germany and also in Barcelona as well. Um, those are the top couple countries in Europe that has really, really quality full American football out there. Um, Italy was always that destination I wanted to end up in just because I spent, I have a, my history and my uh, family is Italian as well. Um, so eventually I was able to take a couple classes at Muhlenberg of Italian that led me to really want to go to Italy and that was the, that was the final destination if there was an option to choose right uh, so <clears throat> talk about what um, what it's like playing uh, football in, in Italy uh, imagine it's pretty much you practice all week and you play on the weekends just like it is here in America yeah it's, it's a little bit um, of a secondary thing for them back over there obviously f- soccer or to us soccer is their main sport over in Italy but American football is becoming very, very more prominent in Italy. People love the sport. They see how big it is. Um, but again, it's still a couple years behind from where it is in the United States. So the level of football was a little bit less than what I was playing in college. Um, but the level of players really had a big range. You had some very, very good athletes, um, some very good Americans, D1, D2 players as well. Um, and then you had some players that were just very good soccer players that wanted to make that transition to, over to American football and just lacked the couple years of uh, young football um, experience that all us Americans usually get. Yeah, I mean, here in the United States, kids grow up playing football. Yeah, and, correct. And there in Italy, they grow up playing the other football. The other uh, football, yeah. yeah. But that has to be, uh, you know, as a football guy, that has to be encouraging to you to see that the game is spreading uh, internationally. Yeah, that was awesome because when I went over there, I had minimal expectations, to be honest. And they grew and grew every single day. Um, those kids love American football out there. A lot of them, some of them even paid to be on the football team. So when they show up every single day to practice, they give their full effort. And the range of players on our team range from 19 years old all the way up to 45 years old. So um, a lot of these players worked all day, and then we would actually practice at night. So we'd practice around 8.30 to 10.30 at night because all these guys would work all day, and then they'd come to practice. So it was a secondary thing for them. But when it came down to practicing and winning, uh, they took it as seriously as our Muhlenberg football team would. Yeah, you know, when <clears throat> you said that, I was thinking about Division three players who... <laughs> Uh, they don't get paid to play football. They don't have scholarships here. 
um, they go to classes all day and, and then they practice. So that's a, yeah. that's a similar type thing. It shows the level of, of commitment and dedication. Exactly. You have to be dedicated to play this game. It takes a lot of hours and they're taking all the amount of Americans and American coaches that go over to Italy, they're learning and they're teaching them. These Americans are teaching them a lot and they're really enjoying us coming over, playing with them um, and even just being able to hang out with them. That was something that they really enjoyed was just being able to learn from being around an American football player and see what they do on a daily basis. Right. You mentioned about the American football players, and I imagine there's some kind of restrictions on these uh, international teams about how many American players you can have on your team and how many you can play uh, at a time. And just talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, and that's something where I really like how they kind of do that. They don't want these leagues becoming saturated with American players, which is really nice. Um, But you're allowed three total Americans on every team. So two Americans and then one dual citizen who most of the time is an American who becomes a dual citizen. So we had myself and another linebacker from Endicott College, and then we had a dual citizen quarterback um, who was a little bit older, around 30, 35, I forget where he went to college, um, but he was also our quarterback. But um, eventually he decided that he wasn't be able to make it. He got a full-time job in the United States at a, at a top high school being an offensive coordinator. So we were looking for a, a dual citizen uh, spot really last minute. Um, something that popped up was my heritage, my background. I have a, an Italian lineage behind me, and I reached out to them saying, hey, can I become that dual citizen? So uh, down the road, eventually, I became an Italian citizen. And uh, here and here, now I'm a dual citizen in Italy, United States, being able to uh, play football and travel all over. Oh, that's nice. So you're, you're, uh, do you get to vote in the Italian elections? I, I do, yeah. <laughs> I do. I'm getting a passport next week. I got identification and everything. Uh, took about five trips to my family's hometown called Bari in Italy. Met actually some relatives over there, which is really, really cool. Um, and they really took me in and uh, helped me through the process of becoming a, a citizen over there. All right, so you not only uh, <laughs> you, you not only gained yards, you gained uh, gained another country of exactly, citizenship. Yeah. What and in terms of like the structure of the practices? Mm-hmm. Uh, now you mentioned that it was kind of a last minute thing. Had, was the team already? into its season when you join them or, or so, into its practice? Yeah, so the team starts practice around January, the first week of January for their camp. Um, I didn't show up until the, the first week of February. So they were still about three weeks into practices while everything was going on. Um, and then, yeah, practices, we didn't, it's not like the normal schedule of a college practice. You don't practice Monday through Friday, then you have a game Saturday. Um, it's really only three practices to four practices a week at night and then a game you typically on Sunday um, so it's a little bit different of a schedule but the typical having meetings every single day meeting with our coaches and doing stuff like that is still um, happening over in Italy as well on a daily basis so these players that are Italian have a lot on their hands every single day going through meetings their work life their home life and then being able to become a very good football player as well. Right. Did you watch a lot of film? Is, is film study a big thing as it is here? Yeah, so obviously being over there, I didn't have a, a full-time job. Football was my full-time job, so there was a lot of free hours. Um, a lot of those free hours were spent with the coaching staff, um, working hand-on-hand with the game planning, with watching film. Um, over there, obviously, we had the, the advantage of 
watching that film and being able to know what these players are going to do and some stuff like that. You know, they have some tendencies in Italy where they haven't grown to be very diverse yet in their playbooks. So it made it a little bit easier to figure out what was going on. So the more time that we spent during the day with our coaches, um, even some of the older Italian players, um, some of the guys that didn't work during the day or had off during Fiesta, which is that a couple hours during the day where Italians just go eat and go home and eat. Um, we had found time to have meetings with them, Zoom meetings in person, um, and really just trying to teach them as much as possible, which was nice. Yeah, so you, I mean, not only as an American on the team, but also as someone with a coaching background, more than what was on the field. Yes, definitely. I was able to take those two years of experience of coaching that I had at Muhlenberg over to Italy and use it both as a player and a coach. And that's something that at the positions I was playing, um, I was honestly playing safety and XY receiver over there. So those two things that are out of my comfort zone a little bit, um, but I was able to succeed and <laughs> do well with those. Um, those players learned from me as much as I was learning from them as well. So I was able to um, establish my coaching over there but also my playing, and that kind of is going to help me in the future uh, with my coaching now here at Muhlenberg and then playing down the road. Yeah, so you played, um, your freshman year, you played at Pace uh, mm-hmm. and played Correct. linebacker there, and then you came to Muhlenberg and a three-year tight end, three-time All-American, and then you go over there and it's it's two entirely new positions for you. Yeah, two entirely new positions, but that's something that I, I personally like that challenge. I like being able to do something new. Um, obviously, football is, is very... I see it very easy to me. It comes easy to me. So being able to come to another position, I like a challenge. I like being able to challenge myself. Uh, I want to be able to see if I can be the best at every position I could possibly play and be able to be well-rounded. I think it's going to help me in my future to find other teams to play for. Right. So were you... uh were you on the field almost every play, or did they rotate you in and out? Yeah, so that, that was something I had to prepare my body for. Again, being in Italy from February to around July, it gets pretty hot there. So it was around 90, 95 for most of our games, and I knew I was going to be playing 95% of the game. So, uh, yeah, I played almost every single snap on offense, got some, some plays off on defense. Um, but then they also have more restrictions for uh, the Americans. You can't do a lot of special teams. So you can't do kickoff or kick return. Um, you can do punt return or punt and stuff like that. So I got I got time off there. Um, but most of the time I was I was running around on that field for the for the whole sixty minutes. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, in America, as the season goes on, the weather gets cooler, and, yeah. and uh, towards the end of the year, it's actually almost too cold. Yeah, uh, this was completely the opposite. It for was you. the completely opposite. That was a little a little shocking to me. I had to get used to that because I don't know, fifteen years of playing football started in hundred degree weather and finished in like twenty degree weather, like you said. Uh, it was the polar opposite for this one. So, but that was it was fun. You know, I played in some really cool spots. Um, the scenery was insane for these games. You know, I could never, every place we went to, um, I had to stop and just take a look at what I was playing in front of because it was, it was, it was mind blowing, truly. Yeah. Now at Muhlenberg, uh, you saw some time as a, uh, as a quarterback in the, in the Wildcat formation, even, even scored a touchdown out of the, the, the Wildcat. Did you get to do any of that? Or is that where you talked about, like, they're not quite as diversified with that stuff? Yeah. So that was an option. I did play quarterback a couple times, just like in Muhlenberg, we had kind of the same type of play. Um, and it, and it worked, but we used it not that often, maybe on some fourth and shorts or a, a, a third and goal or something like that. I uh, did have one rushing touchdown as a quarterback, um, and then probably within four or five more rushes, another 20 yards or so. But yeah, that was something that they really did move me around. I did. I was XY receiver. I played slot, put my hand in the ground tight end, even played some quarterback as well. You know, They're going to take advantage of the Americans to the fullest. Um, they're going to use all your skills and really uh, put you to the test and see what you can do. 
Yeah, and the uh, they tweeted out their league leaders at, at several points during during the year. You finished second in the league in in receiving about about six hundred fifty yards. Mm-hmm. And and I noticed from from watching some of the videos, you had a left handed quarterback throwing to you. So that that was just like being at Muhlenberg. Yeah, right? that was uh, fit right just at home. Uh, obviously, I spent three years with Michael Nikowski here at, at Muhlenberg, who was also in my opinion a three time All American uh, quarterback here for us. He was a lefty, and uh, being able to transition back to a lefty when I went over to Italy was really really nice. Um, and yeah, I was able to do do pretty well statistically. I finished, I think, first in the in the com- in the in the uh, league for receptions, second for yards, and second for touchdowns. So um, I did see a lot of good production. Um, I wish I could do a little bit more, and now I know I, I could push myself a little bit more because you know that was my first year over there. Um, I do see myself playing a couple more years over in Europe. Don't know where, um, but that will be figured out soon. So. Right. Well, I mean, that's awesome that you got to start. And um, now you mentioned about the different places that you played uh, and looking around at the scenery. Any, any in particular come to mind? Yeah, I played in a place called Florence. <laughs> Florence was a beautiful city. Um, all the cities on, uh, were really, really good. But right outside of Florence, the east, is something called Ancona, which is a little beach town, uh, which is really nice. We played the Ancona Dolphins there. Um, it was an overlooked, was a big mountain in the back. And then to the left was just open water and ocean. So that was something that every, when I was getting off the ground after getting tackled and my shoulder was hurt and I just looked over and saw a beautiful sunset in the, in the water. So that was really, really cool. But yeah, every part of Italy, I think I've almost saw every, I saw every major city and a lot of the smaller cities in Italy. I think wherever you choose to go, um, if you haven't seen Italy yet, definitely go to Italy. That's a place that you'll remember. Yeah. What was the attendance like at some of the games? What was the interest in, um, in in watching American football among the Italians? Was it? I mean, here at, at Division Three, usually it's it's mostly friends and family, mm-hmm. and then you know, smattering. What kind of interest is there in American football in Italy? So American football is very known in Italy. It's not something that people reach out to or are attracted to yet. So that's something that they're trying to get over that hump. They do a lot, great job marketing over there, getting involved because they have all these big cities. Um, obviously Lazio, I am part of the Lazio Foundation. So that's also the, the Lazio soccer teams that you hear of as well. So we're all under that same brand. So they're trying to build it. Um, I would say almost every single game, we had all friends and family at, at these games traveling and again we had a bunch of different Italians from all over Italy on our team not just even Rome so they had parents coming from a couple hours away to see these games um, the fan base wise was strictly the, the the friends and family obviously we stream the games online that's where most of the regular fans were watching um, but again it's still a growing market and a growing league in Italy where for some teams teams like the, Mil- the Milan teams and the Guelphi teams um, those teams have very good success fan wise where they're getting a lot of people um, we're still on that up and coming with the Lazio Ducks but I'd say for every single game it felt like there was fans at that game really cheering you on just like a college D3 game Right. And then just talk about, um, so you mentioned that other people uh, on the team had full-time jobs. They worked all day. You, you didn't have a job for her. So um, how did you spend your time when you didn't have so many football commitments? Yeah. Or, uh, so outside of football commitments, I actually worked for a nonprofit foundation on three days a week called the Lazio Nonprofit Foundation. Um, that was, in the beginning, strictly um, focused on integrating American football and Italy. So that's what we were really working on, doing, making projects for that. But as the war in Ukraine continued on, um, it 
took a whole transition to helping out refugees from Ukraine. So I spent wow. about two days a week with a group of 20 to 30 refugees from Italy, um, from uh, Ukraine, just keeping them busy, making them happy, and playing games with the kids and stuff. So that was something that I wasn't uh, expecting to do when I was going over Italy, but grateful that I did. I learned a lot from that. Um, but outside of doing that nonprofit and football stuff, it was a lot of a lot of traveling and, and truly enjoying being in Italy and being in that culture. Um, with the Italian background, I wanted to dive into much of the Italian culture as possible, eating, clothing, everything that they do. So I was able to get on their eat schedule, learn learn about their culture, learn about how they go about their daily lives. Um, really just see part of the world that I knew if I don't do it now, I won't get that experience in my life. So that's what a lot, but it really was traveling. Um, enjoying myself training every single day. That's something that they helped us out with. The, the weight room was beautiful there. Um, they gave us a turf field as well, right near our building. So we were able to use that on a daily basis to stay in shape. And again, I lived with an Italian, a true Italian from Northern Italy. So I was able to see what he did on a daily basis. I'm not the best cook, so he did a lot of the cooking, but I'm very <laughs> grateful for that. <laughs> You're probably a better eater though, right? Oh yeah, I'm a great, I'm, a, I'm an all American eater, yeah. <laughs> I imagine there was a language barrier at, at, at some point. Um, how, how did you, do you deal with that? Yeah, so that was one of my biggest worries was going over there was how big of this lang language barrier and how much of it is going to affect my daily life. Um, being based in Rome, it wasn't too difficult. Um, a lot of the popula population in Rome speaks somewhat English, a little broken English. Um, I would say 75% of the team spoke fluent English. So that was really, really nice. Um, I, for one, wanted to learn more of the Italian culture and language. I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm fluent in Italian, but I can un comprehend a lot of what people are saying to me. It takes me a little bit of time to get say it back, but um, no, the language barrier actually wasn't a problem at all. Um, they wanted to speak more English. The Italians wanted to speak more English to us than having us speak Italian to them because they wanted to learn as well. So that made it really nice and easy. And whenever there was something that was in Italian, uh, especially like football, or whatever, there was always a, a translator. So that that was always perfect, really nice and easy. If there wasn't a translator, one of the Italian players would, would just say it in our ears and really help us out in that way, which was nice. So, do they have offensive line calls? I imagine. Like yeah, all, so, so yeah, all of the that, calls were in English. Yeah, so that was nice. And I, I don't know if they did that just strictly for the Americans, um, but it was all in English. Um, maybe some Italian like hand signals or something like that, because the Italians love using their hands. So they had some good hand signals. But yeah, on the field, I, th I thought it would be a problem with the barrier, but I, it was actually perfectly fine. Yeah. What are some of the other challenges that there were just from, from going to another country and, and yeah. you know, living there for a few months? Um, and again, you kind of left on short notice, too. Uh, what yeah. were some of the other challenges you experienced? I think the biggest challenge for me was just the lack of communication I had with the people back home. Obviously, with a short period of, of me leaving, I knew that I was just going to take this time to kind of disengage from everyone back home a little bit, but um, that was a little bit of a struggle. Um, I think getting used to their food schedule over in Italy oh, took me months. That, that was the biggest problem because, again, they have this siesta where they don't no shops or anything or restaurants are open from four hours, five hours during the day. So from like one to six o'clock, 
it's everyone's at home or doing something with their family. So when I get, I would get off the gym around 1130, 12 o'clock, go home, I get home, all the restaurants would be closed and stuff like that. So that, that was a little bit of the struggle. Eating the food wasn't a problem, but, <laughs> but it was the timing of that. And then I guess just getting used to like the transportation stuff. Like I wasn't a big, I'm not a big public transportation guy. Going over to Italy, they use that like it's like it's everything: buses, trains, Ubers, all that stuff. Um, and then driving around in cars in Italy was a little hectic. <laughs> um, they they all go pretty fast and they're pretty wild, but they all do it on the same page, so it kind of works. Um, that was a little difficult, but truly overall, I did not see many um, struggles or challenges. I thought it was pretty pretty easy, and they took care of us over there too, which was nice. Right now, did you actually do any driving, or you were just uh, just the I, <laughs> so they they gave us a car, so me and the other American had a car to drive around. It was stick shift, so I unfortunately. And not a person that knows how to drive stick shift. So I, for six months, uh, was an Uber rider. I just drove around and got some taxis, and someone would drive me around. But it was actually really, really nice not driving for six months. <laughs> right now, where you lived in Rome, was that um, was there stuff you could walk to, like some of the historic sites that we're used to seeing from Rome? Was yeah. there cool stuff you could walk to? So I say I'm based out of Rome. That's where our team was based out of. I lived in a place called Ostia, which is what they consider Rome, but it's the beach of Rome. So it's on the western border of Italy. Um, it's about a 30-minute drive into Rome, about a 20-minute um, uh, train ride into Rome. So I was in Rome about four or five days a week into the center city of Rome, and that's 20, a 20-minute 20 20 train ride away. And then once you get into Rome, Every part of their history is right there for you. Every corner you go to is something new. Um, so every, yeah, every single day I'd walk around when I go to the office for the nonprofit. I'd be walking past the Trevi Fountain and the Spanish Steps every day. It was really really cool. Um, and then down in Ostia, I got to live on the water, which is really nice. The the beach town was beautiful. Completely different um, atmosphere than what Rome's center city is. So I was able to see some really really cool uh, people and events, and that were nice. Yeah. Did you, uh, so the coaches on the team, um, were they Americans, Italians, or a mix of, of, of both? Yeah, a mix of everything, actually. So we had, our head coach was American, um, our offensive coordinator was an American, our defensive coordinator was Canadian, and then we have two uh, Finnish coaches uh, from Finland, and then two Italian coaches. So it was every, every, every all across the globe, which again, that was another Part of being over there was not only was I learning the Italian culture, I was learning the Canadian culture, the Finnish culture, which was really, really awesome. Um, they were mostly, but most of the league has American or Italian coaches. I would say their head coach is usually an American. Most of your assistant coaches are those Italian coaches. Yeah, so that's cool. That's yeah. just, again, it, it just shows the, that that American football is, has more of a worldwide appeal than, mm-hmm. than just in, uh, you know, obviously we know the American and we know the Canadian Football League, but yeah. it's good to see that people from Finland are interested in American exactly. football. And I was Who shocked did? about that. Yeah, they, they have a good league over there as well that have some really high-tier football. Um, that, that was an option as well for my future. i could, I got to look into Finland. Yeah. If you could be a Finnish citizen. Yeah, right? I could. I'm just going to start collecting them all. There you go. There you go. A citizen of the world. Yeah. Um, did you run into anybody um, while you were over there? Obviously, the players from, uh, or at least the people from uh, Ferengs that the, you had traveled to um, mm-hmm. before your senior year. I'd heard of Muhlenberg. Run into anybody else who knew about Muhlenberg, had heard about Muhlenberg and the I, success of the program? Yeah, so in Rome, obviously, there's a lot of 
colleges there. So I, had, I saw a lot of people, some students at Mulemer that I didn't know, but that were abroad in Rome studying. <laughs> study. So I saw a couple Mulemer shirts. I didn't really see any more connections there. There was actually um, a couple of players on our football team that were reaching out to me saying, hey, I want to come do what you're doing type of stuff. So that's where I really think the Mulemer growth into this, this is going, where we're going to have a bunch of players that enjoyed watching what I was doing over in Italy and saw the opportunity and are going to take that and that's going to be able to grow Muhlenberg into a, an international brand which is really really cool yeah so what what advice would you give to those players who are thinking about maybe you know doing the same thing or something similar to yeah, what you did take the opportunity if you're thinking about it because you're 22 23 years old you have a lot, a lot of life left to live and a lot of time to work and, and do all those things where you put 15 years of football with all your summers um, into football. Why not go get yourself a little a little extra, a little one more year? Um, it was the best experience that I've had in my life. I'll, I'll never forget doing that, and I'm very happy I took that opportunity. Um, I think I grew as a person, I grew as a football player, and I learned a lot about my future and what I want to do. I'm an Italian citizen now, so I can live in Italy. I can go to Italy whenever I want. My kids will be Italian citizens when they're born. So I was really looking at the future um, when I was taking that opportunity, and I think it's something that if you love football as much as you do, especially in college, and you have the opportunity when you're young to go do it, even just to go abroad, take that opportunity, even if it's for six months. It'll, it'll put you in a different perspective um, and, and make you a little bit more motivated to keep working because you see, you see a different part of the world that 99% of the people don't get to see. Right. And then, you know, obviously from a, a football perspective, you had an outstanding career here at Muhlenberg, um, you know, as a tight end. We, we mentioned earlier, you know, three times an All-American. Um, but outside of football, how do you feel like your time here at Muhlenberg prepared you to go into this environment in, in Italy and, and go there for a few months and, and be successful there? Yeah, I think Muhlenberg gave me all the tools to go um, to go abroad. You know, outside of football, the people here or what made this place go, you know, the connections that you build, the, the, the way that you interact with people, they're very open. That's something that I knew I needed to take over to Italy. I needed to have an open mind to what I was going into. And that's what I see Muhlenberg as, you know, you can come to Muhlenberg, be who you want, do you want, and get the results out you want, no matter how much effort you put into it. Um, that's what I took over to, to Italy, you know. Um, um, you're one out of 2,500 uh, people at Muhlenberg. I'm one out of a couple million, you know, whatever it is in Italy. I need to make my name for myself. So I was able to take the skills of hardworking, passion from um, the Muhlenberg people that I know and bring that over there. And, and not only was it taken from Muhlenberg, they gave me all that, you know, going through the classes at Muhlenberg. Muhlenberg is a tough school and it's a school that you, once you get through all that work, you're going to have so much success after if you put in the work while you're here. And I, I said the same thing. If I want to have success in football, I need to put in the work, put in the effort, put in the time. And while I was over there, I was able to put in the time and I, I think the results came through. All right. We're talking with uh, Ryan Curtis about his recent experience playing football in Italy. Um, Anything else from from your time in Italy? Any any funny stories? Any any just great random memories from from when you were uh, over there? Yeah, I was able actually able to travel. Oh no, I was in a. I don't know if you guys heard of Barstool, <laughs> Barstool Sports or something. So I was able to meet a couple Barstool employees out there, get to interact with them for the Super Bowl. Being uh, watching the Super Bowl in in Italy, you know, it's a six hour difference. So when the Super Bowl starts at eight or nine o'clock over here. That's two or three o'clock in the morning <laughs> over there. So I did uh, 
did get to spend a whole night watching football um, with some really, really good people from Barstool and Italy, which was great. And then uh, when it ended at 6 o'clock in the morning, uh, we all walked to the to the local cafe that opened up and got breakfast. So <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a really, really fun time that I'll never forget, yeah. Yeah, that's different. Though. Yeah, definitely you know, different. Watching, uh, and then, um, so that that was obviously that was a Monday morning then. By that the was a Monday morning. Yeah, yep. yeah. I saw people going to work who didn't know what American football was, and even over there, some people, you know, in the United States, I feel like almost everybody knows the Super Bowl is happening. Even if you don't want to know, you know it's happening. In Italy, it was like. Uh, half of half of Italy knew it was happening. The other half didn't even know it was a thing. So that was that was very very interesting to see. But overall, great experience, and recommend everyone to go see Italy, especially Rome. Yeah, and then um, so just uh, shifting back to uh, this year's Muhlenberg football team, mm-hmm. um, you'll be coaching the linebackers again this year. Yes. Um, and uh, very interesting makeup of the team this year. Um, you mentioned Michael Makowski. Uh, he graduated. I'm sure the rest of the Centennial Conference is, is happy to hear that. Oh, they are, yeah. Um, but really, other than that, a lot, a lot of the team returns intact from uh, you know a team that's enjoyed a lot of success over the past few seasons. It has to be uh, you know exciting for for you as a coaching staff to uh, to get to get to work with this group. Yeah, yeah, we're very excited for this group. I think they're coming in very motivated and very determined to do well. You know, we finished last year in the league against Mountain Union in a game that. We were winning for three and a half quarters, so we really thought we should, we could pull that one out. Um, now it's time to get back to work and get back to that position. It's not going to be given to these guys. A lot of these guys have have varsity experience already, and that's what we're going to lean on. We're going to lean on the experience, um, and we're also going to need people to step up. There's certain positions that we need to fill out, and some key positions, like you said, Michael Nikowski being here for being a four year starter here. Um, that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna bring a little um, competition to the table now. Who's going to step up and be our, be that quarterback? be our number one but overall um, very very excited for the season there should be a lot of success with us and especially going out and to Texas week one um, our players know that this this season's gonna be one to remember if they put up the effort and put up work all right Ryan Curtis uh, thank you for joining us on the Muhlenberg Mules podcast obviously we'll be following the football team uh, throughout the season and then uh, maybe in the spring you'll be back uh, somewhere back in Europe playing uh Finland, Spain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Italy, we'll, we'll yeah. see. Thank you for having me, and yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hopefully. I know for a fact I'll be, I'll be back over in, in Europe next year. So uh, we'll, we'll get that information out soon once I figure that out. <laughs> All right, Ryan Curtis. <laughs> thank, thank you very, very much. much. Thank. You. The Muhlenberg Meals Podcast is a production of the Muhlenberg College Office of Athletic Communications. If you have any questions or comments, please send us an email at mulespodcast at muhlenberg.edu. The Muhlenberg Meals Podcast is available on Apple and Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us and recommend us to your friends. For the latest in Muhlenberg College Athletics, please check us out at MuhlenbergSports.com and follow us on social media at M-U-H-L underscore S-P-O-R-T-S. And until the next episode, Go Mules! Mules.